morning, everyone. Wednesday, the 18th of May. Running a bit of a skeleton crew this morning with Marcus up in Sydney visiting Henry and Chris still stuck at home with COVID. But we will progress. The Dow posted its third consecutive winning session overnight amid strong retail sales data for April while also taking comments from Fed Chair Powell in its stride. It was up 431 points or 1.34%. S&P 500 was a little better, up 2.02%. And the NASDAQ was up 2.76%. European markets were all stronger, mostly up 1% to 1.5%. All sectors were higher in the US except for consumer staples. Financials and materials were the best, up around 3% each, while consumer discretionaries, tech and industrials also posted gains of 2% or better. As I mentioned, there was US retail sales that did buoy the market a bit, a 0.9% rise in April, which was slightly short of the 1% gain expected by economists, but it was paired with a higher revision on the March number, and it was also the fourth consecutive monthly gain. So it did paint a bit of a picture of a healthy US economy, despite the high inflation and the concerns around that. Other economic data saw US industrial production up 1.1% in April, which was ahead of expectations. And there was some commentary from Fed Chair Powell that didn't help the market, but it also didn't hurt it. He said there could be some pain for Americans as the Fed moves to bring inflation under control. He did note, however, there are several plausible paths to having a soft-ish landing. Emphasis on the ish. We do know that the raising of rates to stifle inflation is an attack on growth on the other side of it. So it is that growth versus inflation battle that we have been talking about that we're going to keep watching play out. Elsewhere, we saw some better headlines out of China, which also contributed to the positive sentiment. Shanghai COVID trends going the right way and some speculation that Beijing will dial back regulatory crackdown, among a couple of others. Interestingly, the Bank of America's May Global Fund Manager survey showed the highest cash levels since September 11, 2001, the biggest short position on tech stocks since August 2006, and the biggest equity underweight since May 2020. What do they say about when everyone's bearish? Bye. See what happens there. Elsewhere, where US treasuries came under pressure, the 10-year yield remained under 3%. The US dollar was stronger against the yen, but weaker against all other majors. Tom, you were saying this morning that the US dollar and the euro are almost at parity, which has not happened quite a while. Yeah, since 20 years ago, it was at parity. Interesting development there. Doesn't speak well for Europe and their economy, really. Yes, another thing to watch out there. Gold was up 0.3%. Bitcoin futures were up 2%. WTI crude oil was down 1.6%. And after all that, our local ASX opened slightly ahead of the 70 points that were being pointed to by futures with an 80 point or 1.1% gain. Tom, what's happening below the surface there? Thank you, Ben. Well, our market is lifting for a fourth day in a row. Today, miners and tech stocks are outperforming consumer staples, the only sector in negative territory. Coles and Woolworths are both slipping. James Hardy, JHX, is up 5% on some broker upgrades. Blue Scope Steel, BSL, is also 4.1% higher after upgrading guidance for the second half. Fortescue is improving on news. Twiggy will run the iron ore business for the first time since 2011. And Borrell and Eagers Automotive, BLD and APE, are both down after warning on performance. Eagers Automotive pointing to semiconductor issues and how that's flowing into their business and creating some headwinds there. We also have the wage price index still to come this morning. And that's about it, Ben. Very nice. Thank you, Thomas. Layden, what's happening in Brokerland? Thanks, Ben. As you were saying, Tom, James Hardy is up this morning on some broker comments, but the brokers have lowered their target prices following results. They have, James Hardy is up on broker comments, as you were saying, Tom, but just noting that the brokers have actually lowered their target prices, but they have retained bullish recommendations with strong growth and a historically low valuation multiple. The average target price there is $50.70, which implies a 35% upside. And also having a look at C 
South 32 this morning. Management estimate production to increase by 20% over the next two years. Macquarie believe earnings upgrade momentum remains strong and buyback extensions will assist shareholder returns. The broker has retained its outperform recommendation and target price of $6.90, which implies a 54% upside. Thanks, Ben. Very nice. Thank you, Leighton. As I mentioned, we have a few absentees this morning. So I'll just give a rundown on what the boys have done today. Henry is taking a couple of nibbles on some oversold targets as the market bounces. He has corporate travel in his sights as a way to play the corporate travel rebound after the United Airlines CEO said that corporate travel is back. Plus, he's having a look at one stock that's fallen hard and fast with solid bounce potential. You have to check out Henry's take to see what stock that is. He's also got his hot tub time machine and a link to register for Ask an Analyst on Friday at 5.30 p.m. And Chris has his chart of the day as Whitehaven Coal in his trading section today. He's got a little write-up on that. Make sure you check that out. And Tom, back to you for strategy today. Thank you, Ben. Yes, I'm on strategy. Looking at our market, the ASX 200 is moving further off the bottom of its sideways trading range. Headlines starting to pick up on more positive events. We also have a look at the Chinese market and how that is improving and helping sentiment, especially with our miners. Notice that the Aussie dollar is back above US 70 cents, indicating some growth fears have left the market. Growth is still one of the big overhang concerns, but some of the fears have left our market and that's showing in our currency. We also have wages data today, which offers some upside risk to the Aussie dollar and could put a 40 basis point high back on the RBA's radar. We saw this Tuesday, the RBA considered a 40 basis point high for their most recent monetary policy decision. Thanks, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Thomas. And we'll round it out with a question of the day. As always, simple one today. Is it game over for crypto? Like, no, Ben, it's not game over, I don't think. But I do think there's going to be a lot more caution just surrounding the whole crypto world, I think myself included and a lot of people don't really know much about it and sort of just thought that it was this pretty safe untouchable sort of haven with bitcoin up so much but as we've seen even the big ones can fall very very quickly yeah we did see it was uh luna was a top 10 in our size of the crypto coins and it fell 99.99 percent in the matter of two days yeah and very very quickly fell you know, 90 or 95 percent so there was not really an exit chance for the people and you see screenshots doing the rounds of people's accounts gone from one million to a thousand dollars in you know the space of an hour yeah it's pretty scary stuff but it does show the volatility of the, the asset class of cryptocurrency and something to be taken seriously tom i think bitcoin will be around for a little bit longer than luna but i will make the point that bitcoin it was labeled and looked at as gold 2.0 and the correlation between with bitcoin and equities and in particular the nasdaq we pointed this out at the start of the week has become a lot stronger and the reason people had an allocation for it was because they thought it offered some store of value in the same way gold did with its non-fungibility and finite number units, I guess. And now that correlation is sort of changing, well, the correlation with gold, it's, it's moving more to equity. So that might force some people to reconsider what that or allocation of cryptocurrency is doing for their portfolio and why they have it. Good point there, Tom. I think the Bitcoin has potentially is transforming into a slightly different thing to what we thought it might have been. Be interesting to see the conversations in Parliament House in Venezuela after they decided to adopt the currency into their system and now down 50% from its highs. So it's not what you really want in a currency that is playing an integral role in your country's financial system. So I think it may well turn into be a different sort of investment asset than what we thought it was. It might be that, you know, that NASDAQ. 
behaving more like a big tech stock really yeah. at the moment. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a sentiment thing, isn't it? So it's almost the fear and greed index just in a in one price. So it's very interesting. I think it's probably game over for a few. You know, it's pretty much game over for Luna. The irrational exuberance was behind their creation and will be behind their demise as it comes off. But I think at this point, there is still plenty to play out in the Bitcoin story and some of those bigger ones that do have a bit more of a purpose to their existence. Or some utility. Even. Yeah, exactly. So we'll continue to watch it play out as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you tomorrow.